Good morning, church. Good morning. Psalm 118 and 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice and we are glad in it. And so we do rejoice today, uh, maybe not necessarily because we feel like it, but we rejoice because we acknowledge that his mercy and his grace literally have chased us down all week long and all of our lives, if we're honest. And we're grateful today for his presence. We're thankful that, uh, as the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in the midst. Um, and we refuse to let the rocks cry out for us, Luke 19 and 40 says. We are going to give God the praise that is due to him because he is worthy of it. And so I'm grateful to see all of you here today in the presence of the Lord where we find comfort, where we find healing when we're ill, deliverance when we're captive, where we find peace amidst the chaos of this world. And the good news is this presence we get to steward all week long not just here on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday. He wants to dwell in and through us in all of our daily activities. My name is Paul, and it's great to see every single one of you. Uh, those of you live streaming as well, we welcome you and are glad that you're here and pray already that you've been met by the love of Jesus Christ, whether through somebody at the door, whether through this worship experience, but we are glad that you chose to spend an hour of your time with us this morning. I want to give a shout out to the worship team. Can I just do that? Can we thank God for them? Oh, we, uh, so we're about a month, not even eh, a month and a half into Victory Church. And a uh, long time ago when we were just putting pen to paper around the vision of Victory Church, I prayed, Lord, will you send some folks who want to be disciples of you and who are concerned more about their performance for you than they are the people in the seat? that they would engage you and be encountered by you all week long, and that Sunday morning would just be an overflow of their encounters with you. And God has done and is still doing just that. They didn't even know each other. <laughs> and Chase Gibson, who is here, can you raise your hand, uh, who's our worship leader, he, he pulled together, organized uh, consistent times for them to get together, get to know one another, read the word together, pray together, rehearse together, have fun together, so that... Not only are they completing or performing a task or accomplishing that, but so much more than that is getting built here. And ultimately that we are not just uh, entertained. I didn't want anybody up here who just saw it as another gig, but literally that we're being led in worship. And so I'm grateful to God. I know I've told you in private, uh, but more publicly now for every single one of you who have put time and energy uh, into the rehearsing, but even more importantly, into your walk with Christ. And that's somewhat of an extensive invitation to many of you who might have gifts that you're stewarding. Can't be in the key of Z, though. Can't be singing in that key or playing in that key. But if there's something, uh, uh, we have eight other teams that we just talked about there you can serve. But if there's something that you'd want to offer as unto the Lord as you lead us in worship, you can see Chase Gibson today, who's getting the, uh, a much needed time in the seats here, which is another reason with all of our teams, we are always inviting uh, individuals to serve with as unto the Lord because we would love for as much as they sit up here to be sitting there and we know that the gifts are here in the house so thank you guys for serving and gals for serving so well as unto the Lord it is a gift and a blessing to each of us who get to enter into the presence of God uh, with you we've been in a series um, all month of February which three weeks <laughs> at this point called reconcile to God the vision here at Victory Church, as you've heard already, is to see people reconcile to God and to each other. 
And so in January, the first month of our launch, we spent time talking about victorious living. This month, we're spending time on what it looks like to be reconciled to God. And next month, we will go into what it means to be reconciled uh, to each other. And today, in continuing the series on being reconciled to God, we're going to look at uh, the book of Psalm. Psalm, and we're going to look at chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And as you're looking for that uh, in your iPhones, some hard copy Bible, some are just looking on the screen because we have it there for you in the NIV. I want to pray for us. Lord, we thank you for waking us up today. We recognize the breath in our bodies isn't because of our own doing or effort or connection or networking, but it's because you decided to breathe into us. For that, we're grateful. And it's with that breath that we lift up to you our voices of praise and thanksgiving. For if you've done nothing else, if you do nothing more for us, what you did on the cross is plenty for us to offer up our lives as we talked last week as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to you because it's only our reasonable service. And so this morning, we are grateful for the opportunity to study your word, to press in more to what you have for us, and we pray according to your word in Psalm 119 and 18 that says, open up our eyes so that we may see all that is in your law. Because unless you open our eyes, we cannot see. You don't open the ears. We can't hear. I pray today that it would drop the 18 inches from our head to our heart and become a lived reality Monday through Saturday. Holy Spirit, speak today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you're at Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 6, it reads this way, and this is from the NIV. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Verse 2, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Verse 6, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Uh, the title of the message today is Blessed. Blessed. Um, some of you, but not all of you, know where I grew up. Uh, it was on Long Island in New York, and as a kid, and even as an adult, honestly, I'm still very curious but as a kid, I learned very quickly the curious thoughts that could come out of my mouth and the ones that needed to stay in <laughs> my mouth and my head. I grew up with parents who were born and raised in Harlem, uh, raised in the 40s and the 50s. They spent 20 plus years in the military. And while they were interested in explaining why to me, helping me understand the dynamics around me, very helpful in that regard, there were also many moments where because I said so was how it went down. <laughs> And I don't want to hear another word might have been my portion. Um, so my curiosity, I learned early on when it could be let out and when it was better off just staying put. Like, for example, uh, th there was no expressed curiosity about what else was for dinner. An alternative. That was my food. I could eat it or I can go hungry. That was it. Some of y'all may know a little bit about that, maybe not. Today it's a little different. I'm realizing, I'm like, that wasn't how it went down. But I knew 
how and when that curiosity could be expressed. And there was one particular thought that I would have that they did, in fact, explain to me, but I would still have the recurring thought, but because they explained it to me, I knew better at this point to keep quiet. And that thought was why my mom and dad would give up a lucrative, more lucrative retirement through the military in favor of pastoring a storefront church in Harlem, New York, of 50 people. And I would think, as a kid, man, 10 more years in the military. Instead of retiring at 38, they retire at 48. A lot of skills still left in the tank to go out in the marketplace, maybe D.C., and consult with the skills that they had and make a whole lot of money. Be blessed. (laughs) Be successful. Of course, I knew the answer theoretically in my mind, but I wrestled with why and how they would make that decision. And I would imagine that many of us today, as adults, are like I was as a child, thinking curiously, Lord, um... You think maybe your counsel can align a little bit more with what society's expectations are as it relates to being blessed and successful? And if we're honest, maybe we're influenced more by that than we are by God's counsel. Our text that we've read today, though, pretty explicitly says a lot of things, the one of which we'll focus on today, that we are blessed when our pleasure is found in God's instruction. And the four words I'm going to emphasize throughout our time this morning is only with God's instruction, only with God's instruction. Some background, Psalm 1 is the first of 150 psalms um, known as in the Hebrew word called tehillim, which literally means songs of praise. And in fact, there are many psalms that are songs of praise, but also psalms that are written to teach others to prophesy. This particular psalm is a wisdom poem And it really sets the agenda for the entire Psalter. In fact, if you would read through the entire Psalms, you would see kind of a a coming back to this Psalm, a wrestling with what is stated in this particular chapter that we've read this morning. And this wisdom poem teaches us that only with God's instruction are we guaranteed to be blessed. And the chapter really carefully contrasts the paths of the righteous and the paths of the wicked. The righteous being the blessed ones, the ones who can say no to the influence of the wicked, whose influence bombards us on a daily basis. If you have a Facebook account, you can see that. And the wicked, those who mock the authority of God and seek to undermine the people of God and who are without defense when are called to account by God. You're blessed when you stay in this lane. You're not when you stay in this one. Psalm 1 uh, is communicating to us. Now, if you're like me, you can think of many folks who seem to be incredibly blessed and are probably mocking God all the way to the bank (laughs) or all the way to the four-car garage or all the way to whatever society might define for us as being blessed and success. So I, at times, have struggled with the narrative, and it made me wonder then, what does blessed really mean? And when we take a look, a closer look at that word, we see, in fact, yes, it means happy. But it goes beyond just the conventional happiness that is connected to the emotion that is based on happenings, the circumstance, the the Facebook status that we're happy to throw up there, the, the, the bank account level, the health of our kids, the health in our own bodies. It goes beyond just that and often depicts the ultimate well-being or distinctive spiritual joy of those who share in the salvation of the kingdom of God. 
course, it might very well include the tangible abundance that might come to our lives. The Bible talks a lot about, Psalm 144 comes to mind where it speaks of uh, 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 being blessed in terms of the healthy children that we might have, the, the fertile crops as it goes on to describe, the very healthy and expansive livestock. Deuteronomy 8 even talks about the ability that we have from God to create wealth. So there's certainly a space for the tangible abundance, but as mentioned, in God's library, in his dictionary, it goes beyond just that and speaks further to the inner quality, the soul prosperity that ultimately he intends for us. So if we were to stop short with that conversation of prosperity, we fall short of the more full gospel that God intends us to have as it relates to being blessed by his Standard, And it's when we delight in hearing and obeying God and what he has to say about our life's path. Now that's happy. That's joyous. That is well, regardless of your Facebook status. Blessed is the one, it says, who can say no to being influenced by those who mock the authority of God. Don't stand, don't walk, don't sit among sinners, among the scorners, the scoffers, among the sinful, which doesn't mean that you're cutting everybody off around you who doesn't think like you, believe like you. In fact, you should be inviting them over for dinner. For Romans 3 and 23, as a, 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 a point of uh, uh, apologetic, if you will, for this space, we were all sin. We all sinned, and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, you can turn to your neighbor now and say, look, I know I look like I'm all that. Go ahead. I know I, I, know I look like I'm all that, but I'm really not. <laughs> all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And further, if we look at Jesus' example, whose example we all follow, we can look at many examples. John 4 comes to mind when we think of how he sat with the Samaritan woman. A Jew and a Samaritan, a man and a woman, so many of society's rules did he break to sit with and serve another. He says elsewhere to love our neighbors. How do we do that lest we know them? That's March's series, Reconcile to Each Other. How does that even happen? So no, we're not cutting them off. And if I may, as a caveat, somewhat parenthetically, it also says in Scripture, Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, yes, all things are permissible, but some things may not be beneficial. So while we don't cut off, maybe it may not be a good idea for you if you have controlling issues as a man with the opposite sex. You may not go and start a Bible study in the sorority house, right? Like you can, but that just might not be a good idea, right? Or if alcoholism runs in your family, maybe God's not calling you to the bar right now to evangelize. So all things permissible, yes, not necessarily beneficial. But it doesn't mean, back to the text here, that we're cutting people off as much as it means we are there to influence don't receive counsel from, don't get advice from, don't dwell or remain in the space such that you are impacted more than you're impacting that space. If you're a Christian and you confess Jesus as Lord, we are called to be salt and light and neither of the two blend in. That's what's being said. Don't walk in the way of the sinful. Don't stand, don't sit. And the only way we can do that is with God's instruction. Meditating daily on God's word literally raises the decibel level level of God's input into what we value and it quiets all the noise. And how many know there's a lot of noise around? There's a whole lot of noise. 
Noise like, maybe I'll copy and paste this from Google and put it in my paper. Noise. Maybe I'll just go take that hit again. I won't relapse. It'll just give me the high that I know I need. Noise. See how easy it is in this season to cheat on one's taxes and not get caught? Caught noise. Nobody's going to know if I don't give my first tenth to Jesus of my increase. Noise. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. (laughs) Noise. (laughs) Have you watched the film on Michael Jordan? There's a bunch of noise. Anyways, I will move on. There's an amen. You're really saved. No. (laughs) Now, MJ has nothing on him as it relates to him giving to his community. That, that. I mean, which is a whole nother conversation. And we can have this sometime later. But for today, I got the mic. And Michael Jordan is the greatest (laughs) basketball player to ever play the game. Well, noise all around us. But if we're not careful, the noise of all of those valueless notions that bombard us daily through a variety of mediums, we can begin to fall prey to and make decisions that render us just like the chaff C-H-A-F-F, mentioned in verse 4 of this text. And chaff, though not a gardener, uh, myself, my dad loved to garden. It's kind of like the dry, scaly parts of plants that literally is plowed into soil. It's, it's, It's like waste. It's no good. We can make decisions that render us like that chaff and be convinced that we are standing on solid ground when really we are just blowing in the wind. About eight months ago, we moved to a neighborhood here in Charlottesville, we, were, we lived in Charlottesville. We moved to another neighborhood in Charlottesville and loved the place. People were bringing us food in this neighborhood. They were coming over with all the cakes. They were coming out of their house screaming and cheering for our kids on their first day of school as they went to school. And I thought, man, I want to move in again next week so we can kind of keep this up. But in this neighborhood, there are tons of trees, wonderful trees, which is another reason we kind of liked it. The leaves fall and beautiful and so forth and so on. But one of these trees in particular and many, one on our uh, property, just had a lot of dead limbs, and limbs would just be fallen, like big limbs. We'd get up in the morning and be like, well, I'm glad the kids weren't playing today, <laughs> or I'm glad the car wasn't under this today. And, and, I, and I thought, my first thought was uh, uh, what I've been admonished about since I've been a kid, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities in high places, and particularly in this season, we are arming ourselves, my wife and I, the leadership team in, in, in victory. We are all thinking, God, everything isn't about flesh and blood. It is at times about spiritual warfare, but limbs? That's a whole nother kind of plague. I said, I'm not ready for that <laughs> kind of warfare. So we called. We called some neighbors. We said, hey, what, what do we do? Who do we talk to? How do we take care of this problem? We had somebody come out, and they took off, as you might imagine, those dead limbs. They pruned, pulled back a little bit. We didn't choose to stay under the tree, <laughs> walk in the tree, remain in that space, and allow it to impact us. Rather, we decided, no, we're going to impact this environment and influence it versus the other way. And it's only with God's instruction that we too, as Christians, can influence a world that is becoming more and more wicked by the day. Only with God's instruction, for example, could somebody be born into slavery, be bought and sold four times, a human being, never allowed to learn to read and, read and write but somehow find the right time and the right way to run away, to find a family, to purchase her freedom and go on to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, leading revivals, advocating for the abolition of slavery and the freeing of other slaves. And yet 
That's exactly what Sojourner Truth did. Dictated her own memoir. And we too, only with God's instruction, can live with integrity in this space, can have peace and joy amidst the chaos of this world. Only with God's instruction are we ever going to be able to, if you're a parent, impart anything worthwhile to your children. It's only with God's instruction as husband and wife are you able to faithfully submit to one another. It's only with God's instruction can you deal with your significant other smacking of their lips with every bite that they chew. No, that's not you. <laughs> I was trying to keep it general. Just it might be your scenario. I don't know. But only with God's instruction are you going to be able to manage that really well. Not every illustration comes out of our house. <laughs> only with God's instruction are you going to be able to take the hurt, the offense that will come in life and respond well to it. Only with God's instruction. Only with God's instruction can you, in response to your colleagues who think that just because you're single, that you have uh, 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 immeasurable time after work to keep working on work because you want to and have the time, only with God's instruction can you navigate that well. Only with God's instruction are we able to do what he has called us to do and be who he has called us to be. It's only with God's instruction and in my prayer that all of us someday would be able to say like the Apostle Paul, I fought a good fight, kept the faith, finished the race only with his instruction. And God in his mercy and grace allows us the privilege to choose to participate in being blessed. When we wake up with the breath that I thanked him for a little bit ago, we can choose to meditate on his word. We can choose to open up to Psalm 119 and say, I delight in your decrees. Help me understand everything that's here. We can choose to say like David, there is nothing more that I desire, Psalm 27 and 4, than to be in your presence, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He gives us that opportunity and then reminds us in verse 6 of this text, lest we get beside ourselves because the righteous it's not about being self-righteous. We've talked about that all month long. It's only because of the cross and our belief in what happened on the cross and afterward in Jesus' resurrection that we are made or declared righteous. He reminds us in verse 6, who exactly is doing the blessing? It says, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Only with God's instruction. Now, on a very practical front, all of us are going to get up tomorrow, we're going to go to class, we're going to go to work, we're going to go to uh, our homes if we're spending time with our children there. We're going to go perhaps to uh, 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 an interview because we're looking for a job. Wherever we are, we have the choice to commit time to spending with him. And today I'm not as concerned with the amount of time as much as I'm concerned with the consistency. It says meditating on his law day and night. Why? Because then you have a chance at quieting the noise. Then you have a chance at, as being a tree planted by the streams of water. Will the winds of adversity come? You better believe they'll come, but you have a chance of standing and not withering when it does come if we meditate on his law day and night. So on a practical front, what is that going to look like for you? How differently will this week we together walk in him and in his word? And I can only imagine, as I do often, we imagined four years ago this, and now we're imagining 
even more that God would do in a community where people, individuals, committed to meditating on his law day and night. Sunday is great, by the way, but it is not enough. It's why we do victory groups throughout the week. God wants to encounter us on a daily basis. And I imagine what it would look like with an additional person and person and person and family and community meditating on God's law day and night, getting together midweek in victory groups in other spaces to meditate on his law together and to pray with one another. What transformation we might see in our families, in our homes, in our schools, in our communities. What might happen? What definition might we recraft for society around what it means to be blessed? What it means to be successful? Only with God's instruction. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this word today that you have decided for us to chew on and to put into practice this week. I'm grateful, God, that we have you to lean on. We have your instruction in which we can find refuge and safety and guidance and be guaranteed of success that is beyond conventional wisdom. The peace, the joy, the the community, the, the, the impact that went way far beyond what my mother and father could have ever thought a job or a more lucrative retirement could have brought. God, Help me, help us to follow you well such that we too can see that which you want to do in our lives that is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Help us to lean into the countercultural nature of our walk of faith with you, to press in. For it's only with your instruction can that success, that prosperity be guaranteed amidst whatever circumstance. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, somebody might be sitting here today thinking, I've tried. I've tried everything to be successful. I've done everything and I'm tired, quite frankly. I've even amassed a little bit, but there is still a void that hasn't been filled by all of my strivings. If that is you, I want you to know that Jesus died for you so that you can rest in him. That no longer do you have to strive. No longer do you have to to count on your own ability and capacity. No, you can rest in him and see far more done in and through you than you could have on your own. And if that's you and today you want to say, I am done. (laughs) And today I want that reality about which you speak. I want to accept Jesus in my heart. I ask you to raise your hands real high so that we can pray with and for you today. For those of us who do know him, if you're like me, there's another step of obedience and another step of obedience until he chooses to take us from this world that we can always take. And I suspect that each one of us on some level can meditate a bit more on his law such that we are not influenced by the world, but rather we are influencing the world. We walk into the room and don't become the room, but the room becomes impacted by us I pray for those of us who already know you, God, to walk into that a little bit more. Recognizing that our reconciliation to you objectively occurred with your work on the cross and subjectively because of your mercy and grace, you give us the opportunity to press in with our participation 
to being blessed and walking it out. And for those here wrestling with that decision to say yes to Jesus Christ, I pray the nudge becomes stronger and stronger every day from you who ultimately does the heart work. That if anyone here is wondering, God, do I, what do I do? How does this work? I'm not quite sure I'm ready to give up all of this. God, let there be an awakening in their heart and in this community such that they realize that you are the blessing they seek, the success they seek, the prosperity they seek. We love you and we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are here and you desire to pray with someone, we have a prayer team here at Victory Church, another team that you can also serve with who will be up here at front, at the front after service, and they are happy to pray with and for you for your most pressing needs. Church, great to see you. Have an amazing day, an amazing week. Bless you.